New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And I did it again. Hello, dear ones. Reverend Robert involved. hanging out behind the banner here. <laughs> it's a good start to a Friday morning. Rev Briz with you over here. Rev Z right here. And Reverend Michael right here. And this is Ministers Talking. It happens every Friday morning, 7 a.m. Mountain Time Zone. So grateful that you're with us. Feel free to chat along, chime along. Let us know you're here. We have, we do have the right Reverend uh, Michael Mangus, host of the Fireside Chat, part of our prayer pro partner program, uh, here with us as a special guest. Reverend Michael, welcome aboard. I think it's your first time here on Ministers Talking Chat. No, it's my second. Second. I I apologize. <laughs> I, obviously, I obviously didn't do my job well this morning. <laughs> no, you you need to go get another cup of coffee there. Yes. I don't <laughs> Or something. But we do have our limited edition ministers talking mug there. Wow. Yeah. If you don't have one of those, it's because there's only about two, three in existence. <laughs> morning, Z. How are you? Hey, hey, doing well, doing well. And, um, you know, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas somewhere. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, we're starting to count. We're starting to count down. And uh, Hanukkah, I think, just ended. And uh, Christmas is getting ready to start. And uh, uh, the Solstice is going to hit us in a few days. And um, Kwanzaa is going to start after that, I tell you. We're going to be celebrated out. Uh, I know I will. I'm going to speak for myself. But if you try to follow all that, I'm going to have a few extra pounds, and 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 I, I don't know what's going on. But happy holidays to everybody. Uh, we definitely want to say that because we need some love, light, and joy around the place. So we're going we're gonna to make sure that that's first and foremost. Amen to that. Amen to that. Hey, and our brother, Reverend Michael, comes to us from a very secure and secret bunker somewhere at the bottom, I think, of an old missile silo in yes. the middle of Ohio. Yes. Um, well, we're, we're not, again, you've been trying to uh, to find out where the top secret uh, concrete bunker is located, and uh, you have not been able to yet. No, yeah. I have not. <laughs> Maybe that's why you so, know Yeah, well, that's that's to keep me, you know. Yeah, we, we have, you know, separation of church and state, you know, you and I, you know, we have our, 
our boundaries. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, what are speaking, we talking about today, of, guys? Speaking of, well, I was going to say, speaking of boundaries, one thing I, 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 uh, you know, the political cycle is heating up, and uh, and you know, there are a lot of people besides all of the other stuff going on with some of the candidates, other two leading candidates in terms of they've just uh, uh, initiated the whole Biden impeachment now and Trump is going through his uh, court dealings. And But I saw something that really is on a lot of voters' minds and that's the subject of age, right? A lot of people are saying because of the age of the front runners, Biden is 81, Trump is 80, uh, 77, and there and a lot of people are talking about, oh, you know, age is a factor in this job. This is a 24/7 job. How effective can you know mentally, physically, emotionally can these guys be? And then, as I'm looking at something, it just pops up that Pope Francis just turned 87. And so now there's concerns about him being the leader of the Catholic nation, if you will. And so it, in the coming month, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation on how age affects leadership and that kind of thing. Um, and it's going to be heated because I don't know if how I don't know how to attack that. I, I was hoping you guys could give me some insight before we go down another track here. We got a bunch of tracks, but that one I'm getting old, so I want to know how effective I'm gonna be. So can y'all help me? <laughs> well, I I think yeah. So the the one thing with the uh, well, let's talk about uh, the Pope first. Is that that job is supposed to be ageless? So you're. Uh, you know, uh, infallibility, all that stuff that's supposed to go with you. You're supposed to have that job until you are, um, again, until you until death. I think the the challenge with Francis is that uh, again the policies, and same thing with Biden, and the same thing. You know, uh, is that again? It's not their age; it's the policies that they're mm. coming forth with. Uh, for example, in the Catholic Church, uh, he has, uh, Pope Francis has come uh, and has censored uh, a cardinal, I think it was a, a bishop down in Texas, for uh, being uh, not in alignment with the Catholic Church. And again, part of that conservative branch of the church that says, okay, we, we don't want gays, uh, you know, uh, we were still uh, anti-abortion, but you know everything else. We want to marginalize people that we don't think that are Christian. So that's I, th I think it's a policy issue more than uh, more than an age issue. All right. So I just got to get my policies in order. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that strikes me in this right off the bat is. I don't know why. Maybe I'm crazy, but for a long time, you I've, are. Been, <laughs> I've been saying that, hey, let's see what 130 looks like. Right? That human, the human limit, the human 
um, I forget the official term, but more and more people are living till later and later ages. And medical science is, is, is helping in that regard. So, so I'm not talking like, you know, Bible study, somebody living to be 350 and having 50 wives. That sounds just a little excessive to me. But I don't know that I wouldn't want to see what 120, 130 looks like. And if that and if that is part of my track, if that is part of human evolution, then 80 isn't that old. We just haven't proven that we've gotten there yet, maybe. You know, I think it's policy. I think it's also things like mental acuity. Um, I think if you're reaching upper limits of, of what is the common age the life expectancy at this point then there needs to be more cognitive um and or physical testing tests and and checkups and check-ins and how's this guy really right there needs to be more safety stop gaps perhaps for, for removing people from office right last thing we want is a dictator on day one right for only one day, because the first thing the dictator on day one says right. is, uh, <laughs> today's the only day there's going to be, so I'm just in charge from here on in, right? We, you've got to be able to take the button away from some people. Linda uh, Plasters, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, uh, she says, I'm in my early 70s, and I don't feel impaired, but I observe that since crossing into my 70s, um, decade uh young people medical providers treat me differently it's an attitude thing and that can be changed yes thank you linda good to see you this morning linda right um that's something that can be changed and and that's key yeah and that's key i i I stumbled on a program i think it was on netflix and and um they have this term now, now called blue zones um and they're across the country and they're looking at large populations of centenarians, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're looking at the behaviors and things that 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 they think are contributing factors. And most of them, in all of the cases, I haven't finished it, but obviously, eating well but not overeating, right? That one 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 thing said, you know, you want to eat. You only want to eat to 80% of your capacity. Another one was to have friends and conversations and uh, obviously physical exercise. But then there was a uh, there was this one about pretty much saying never retire. Always do something, even if it's just digging yes. in your garden. Because those kinds of things keep everything functioning. So this whole AIDS thing, it 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 has a bearing. If you know, it's like a, a classic car. You can I have a twenty, I got a twenty year old car, and it runs well because I take care of it, right? And as long as you do that, I can still get another fifty to a hundred thousand miles on this car if I take care of it. Same thing with our body and 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 leaders. There's a you know, there's a lot of wisdom in my car. <laughs> so, you're saying, so you're saying it'd be a miracle for me to get to 130. 
No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, currently probably, yes. Because yeah. I don't think I don't think the, the 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 medical and the practices and the human uh individual discipline at a large scale to implement the things that contribute. I mean, there's always that's what I mean I'm we can about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and I and I think that again, having a, a plan for your uh later years, I for me, I know that uh a few years back I said, Well, you know, I'm I'm going to go you know, I'm gonna have a second career. I'm going to do the ministry. And again, that it's uh now who's <laughs> more, more morphed into doing media. And, you know, again, doing the things that I really love to do and also feeling that I'm making an impact. And I think that that's one of the things that, um, you know, doing something in your latter years is really important is feeling that somehow or another that you are making a difference on the planet. So. Right. Amen. Yeah. And, 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 you know, as we, as we look at this age thing we we now we flip the script a bit on this next thing right because 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 robert was sharing before we jumped on the air this story of a six-year-old that yes was able to get a hold of his mother's gun and go and shoot the teacher and then shout some expletives after he did it and so now the mother's you know in in trouble and and there's something about marijuana in the deal and schizophrenia in the deal. And I, I, I'm like, Robert, share a little bit of that. I, 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 I was so mind struck. I couldn't even take all the stuff in on that one. <laughs> yes. Uh, this all happened in Virginia a year ago. And I think we talked about this on the show, actually, um, that week, Z, that um, a, young, a young man, six years old, had uh, crawl had climbed up onto his mother's nightstand, took her nine millimeter out of her purse. Uh, she claimed to the police that there was a trigger lock on the gun. However, they never found any evidence of a trigger of a trigger uh, lock. Sneaks the gun into his backpack and then at school transfers the gun from the backpack to his uh, pants pocket. I don't know any six year old that's big enough to hide a nine mil in their pocket, but hides the, the gun in his pocket, uh, ends up shooting the teacher through the hand um, and into the chest, punctured lung. Oh, yes. She ends up, she gets the other kids out of the room and into the hallway safely before she collapses. Big hero moment there. Um, and what, and this is an everyday story in America, unfortunately, folks, is one of my pet peeves. However, the story gets strange because Taylor is up for sentencing in the state of Virginia currently. and She's pled guilty to, to crime. She's publicly admitted that she needs to take responsibility. Um, and her defense is two part. Her defense is that she was... Uh, suffering from postpartum depression uh, and after uh, it, it says miscarriages in the articles I found. So I never saw a number of miscarriages, but after miscarrying um, she was suffering from postpartum depression and had schizoaffective disorder 
as well as had been diagnosed with bipolar disease. Why in the H-E double toothpick does she have a weapon? That's the first question. That's what the bigger question. Um, how is it that she was allowed to have a gun in the state of Virginia? Because I'm pretty sure the schizoaffective and bipolar didn't show up after her son shot the teacher. So um, the other interesting part of this story I found was that Taylor was sentenced in November to 21 months in federal prison. And catch this now, folks, for using marijuana while owning a gun, which is illegal under U.S. law. Mm. Now, it's not smoking marijuana while using a gun. It's not being under the influence of marijuana while owning a gun. It is says for you or sorry for using. So yes, for using, but for using marijuana while owning a gun. Now, folks, you those that watch this program know I am not a huge, I am not a gun advocate of any sort. And with more and more states legalizing marijuana and more and more people recognizing not only the health, but the adult recreational benefits of owning, of using marijuana. This is like saying, if you're, you can't own a gun and use alcohol Same at thing. this point in the United States. And so while I applaud that Ms. Taylor is standing up and taking responsibility, while I do think she should pay a penalty to society, I don't think she should be doing 21 months in a federal prison simply because she ha uses marijuana and happens to own a firearm. Even if she should, we believe in from our perspective, she should never have had that marijuana, that gun in the first place. Your thoughts. Now, is, is, is marijuana legal in Virginia? That's, I mean, that's the first question. Um, I, don't I don't know. know. I'll look that one up. Um, because, I mean, there are no, there, there are no uh, current laws that I know of being placed in federal prison by having a fifth of Jack Daniels in the closet or in the cabinet and owning a gun. Same, same difference, right? It's not while I'm using it, it's just because I've had, I, I, uh, I don't get that. Well, so, I, I, it's still a federal crime to have marijuana, even though that well, yeah. even, even Ohio, even Ohio as <laughs> as red as uh, red state as we are. I mean, uh, that's one of the things that that got people out to the polls on uh, uh, in November was that uh, the, not only the abortion, the abortion issue and the uh, legalized marijuana. So even though that it's still legal uh, in the state, it still may be a federal. It's still illegal um, uh, nationally. So that's that's the, the legal point, yeah, yeah is that it was a yeah. federal a federal charge. It is, by the way, legal for possession, uh, personal use and possession as of July 1st, 2021. Those over 21 able to possess up to one ounce in public. Um, right. So now, now here is a dilemma that we're going to face, right? Because I'm looking at one of the magazines that I get. Uh, and the front page of this magazine just came the other day is on the government's use 
of psychedelics to treat veterans for postpartum, I mean, post uh, PTSD and a whole range of other things, right? Now, there are a lot of veterans that are using marijuana medicinally and recreationally for, for different ailments. At some point, you would think the federal government has to reclassify some of these and look at these things very differently um, because the more it becomes in use, the divide is going to be huge and it's going to wind up in some Supreme Court something. Uh, I don't know. But, you know, I think now there are 23 states in the, in the union, if not more, that, that have... Uh, marijuana legalized in some form. I mean, that's more than, that's almost half the, half the country. So I don't know what it's gonna take. They're using it for, for, for the mess ups, if you will, they've done to young men and women by sending them off to war, but they still won't be responsible enough to, 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 to do the right thing as you will. 24 states, three U.S. territories, and the District of Columbia have all, all have legal marijuana in some form. Another seven states have decriminalized its use. If you could put up Linda's uh, wonderful comment, uh, it's her second comment there, if you can. So the shooter at the Q Club in Colorado Springs had a prior diagnosis of a major mental disorder, which had been reported by the family to the state, red flag laws appear uh, minimally effective. Yes, Linda, uh, or 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 people uh, are, you know, a recent shooting where the uh, the they knew the the police knew about it, but I think it was up in Maine that the police knew about it, but they didn't. Uh, there wasn't enough evidence under the law to uh, either take the guns away or not. Again, even if there is a hint of mental illness, there <laughs> all the weapons should go in the house. And, you know, talking about the, the woman with the gun, um, there is no excuse for that. I mean, having a, a handgun out, even um, that's available for a child to use is no excuse. She should have went to jail for that rather than, rather, you know, rather than the other. We need as a, as a country, as a people in consciousness specifically, but also informed to get away from this belief that we need guns to be safe. Yes. Plain and simple. Right. This woman had a gun for whatever reason for, for an, a nine millimeter that's personal protection, right? There's no need to have weapons of this sort on on the streets, in people's pockets, in their in their trucks, in, underneath the front seat of their car. Um, it's it's part of the the a culture that has to change, because ninety percent of the stories. Even one of the other ones we talked about, two men in Montana have been charged with leading a ring of black market hunting 
for golden bald eagles and uh and are alleged to have killed over 3600 birds simply to sell on sell parts and pieces on the black market and that comes back to guns right right if it nobody turns when they hear a I, I yeah. read stories all the time where people are like, oh, this happened, that happened. It sounded like gunshots, but I just kept going with my day. People don't duck and we're, we're, we've desensitized to, um, to all this violence that's happening in our streets. And all we got to do is start getting sensible about gun control legislation Start taking some of the guns off the street, make it harder to get, make it more. And at this point, shit, you smoke marijuana? <laughs> sorry, no gun. Have you ever used psychedelics? Well, under the care of a doctor, sorry, no gun, right? Like, let's make it really hard to get the guns and really easy to get the plant medicine. That's my position. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. only my position. I do not speak on behalf of New Thought Media Network. <laughs> or our uh, supporters or advertisers. Yeah. Yes. Take what you like and leave the rest. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Z. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, but to watch for our yeah, new line. Yeah. No, no, no. I was just, I was, you know, the the, the select the, the selectivity of how we implement laws or enforce laws or write laws has good getting back to. What we started early, we were talking about aging and, and, and Reverend Michael brought up this whole idea of policies, right? What kind of policies are we implementing? Are they are they uh, uh, divisive? Are they dividing us? Or are there are there policies that are trying to capture as best it can? And I and I'll be the first to say it's a tough job, right? Because we got this spectrum that we have to deal with but how do we begin to find a kind of moving middle that allows people to have the freedoms that they need but to also be able to create a society where beyond tolerance right because i can tolerate you and then hit you in your head next week when you're in the alley but to begin to mutually respect people's opinions and approaches to life as long as they fit within the 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 policies to create a healthy society. You know, at some point we have to be, I mean, you know, at some point we have to agree upon a, a, a common set of rules, regulations, laws, policies. I mean, we can call them whatever they, they what we want, but we have to have an agreement so that we can live civilly. Other than that, uh, we will devolve into some real, real bad situations. And nobody wants that, I'm sure. You know, I, I once had um, a minister at, pose the question, and it was to a group of students, and how do you hold someone responsible for an ethical decision in a philosophy that teaches it's all good. And the only real answer we ever found to that question is through agreements. As ministers of Centers for Spiritual Living, we have 
an ethical agreement in place. Yes. Right. It, it's the covenant that all the ministers agree to when we agree to have our license with Centers for Spiritual Living. We mm-hmm. we have an ethical agreement that we've all um, said yes to. Now, do some people step outside that boundary? Yes. Is there then a discussion about how far they stepped outside the boundary and what the appropriate next actions are? Yes. Does that happen at a societal at the whole at the societal level? I don't think so. I don't see it. We have very few ethical agreements in this world. Recreational well, use of marijuana is an ethical is an ethical decision at that point. Plant medicine is an ethical decision. To pick up a gun becomes an ethical decision at that point. I, we can't we can't even agree. Heck, we barely agree that the sky is blue. If you really come down to it, if you really don't look up. Sorry. All right, there I am. Uh, I just think, uh, Robert, the whole idea that uh, especially um, I agree with you as far as with the gun laws. We really need to uh, to stop the violence. Again, we have more guns than people in this country. And to have, I don't think that we're under the current rulings uh, of the courts with the Second Amendment that we're going to be able to get rid of all the guns. Because I've heard you say that in the, in the past, is get rid of them all. And and I'd like that too. However, I, you know, under the current laws, I don't think that we're going to be able to. I think what can happen though is to limit. Um, uh, the whole idea of, of owning automatic weapons, of making it extremely difficult to own them, if any. I think having those kind of things in place, like we did during the Reagan administration, <laughs> that far back, <laughs> is that I, I know I, I'm bringing up uh, bad names. I, I could get written up uh, uh, by uh, New Thought Media Network for mentioning Ronald Reagan's name. But even even back then, though, that again, because again, a president got shot. So to have some type of agreement that, okay, you you can keep your guns, but there's you're going to go through a, a severe background check. You're going like other countries like Japan. So they go ahead. Yes, there are those models. And there is good news in that realm because the U.S. Supreme Court just yesterday did uphold the automatic weapons ban, uh, ban, or sorry, semi-automatic specifically on the AR-15 in Illinois. So the Illinois law uh, banning the AR-15 from the state was upheld by the U.S. US Supreme Court just yesterday. So there's always good news happening in this. And I don't want to blame. I personally just can't blame it on the law because laws can be changed. Truth cannot. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that we're out of hand when it comes to gun ownership and gun violence and, yes. and gun usage. When, when the consciousness is of a, of a six-year-old is I will solve my problems with a gun and I and I know where to get one. 
that is is a problem that can be changed. That is not, yes, that young man is responsible to some degree. Yes, his mother is fully responsible and she is taking that responsibility. And we should, I envision a world where we never have to have a conversation like this again. Amen. Because I'll go to jail for being the guy that bans guns. Like, if, if somebody's got to take the fall for getting rid of the guns, I'll do it. I'll take that. <laughs> like I, I'd go to, yeah. I'd trade 10 and, and years you know, here, without guns. When we look at the numbers, it should be a no brainer, right? Um, because this was in November, early November. There's been more than six, 600 mass shootings this year as of november right it doesn't make sense that should be a no-brainer what was it the other day austin and somewhere in arizona or something like you know like which one do i pray for i'm praying for two cities yeah. a day it in every single day every single day and that's just the mass shootings Right, that's not gun violence as a whole. This case wouldn't qualify as a mass shooting. He only shot one person. So this this doesn't even qualify in that statistic. We're out of we're out of control. We're out of hand. So, and you have you have a very powerful gun lobby in this country that again has taken again the the Second Amendment and have very much distorted it. That was the reason for the second amendment was again, a well-regulated militia. I wish people would read the second amendment. Uh, and, uh, and that again, that I'm glad that a very conservative court uh, went ahead and to uh, upheld a, a state law. And I think the reason being was uh, partly was because again, it was a state law that the states have a right to uh, to some uh, regulatory um, say so in in their state. So, we have uh, Diego Reyes, brother D. That's right. Diego's here in Colorado this week. <laughs> not so I, early. For, I can say you're up early, brother, but yeah. you're not that he said, So he said, he said, why aren't we making gunpowder a controlled substance? If someone feels that they need a controlled explosion to launch a projectile, then I think that they need a prescription. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Brother, you go too deep. You go too deep. <laughs> That's an excellent point. Yes. Thank you, Diego. That's a great point. Very good. Yes, Diego. Thank you. As a people, I believe the time to get over our violence fetish is now. Absolutely. We, it, it's. It, it's far too easy 
um, and just far too prevalent. And the place to, you know, we all know. All right, folks, here's that point where we bring it back to spiritual principle, right? It begins within. Right. So, yes, I get it. My policy, if you will, Z, of just getting rid of all the guns yeah, uh, maybe doesn't pass the test. Perhaps, perhaps there is a use and a valid use, and and I'm willing to be wrong on what on my policy if it saves a life or two, or twenty two, or two hundred and twenty two. That saves one, right. I mean, you know, one thing we always say, life is sacred and life is prime. And and somehow we seem to think, we, the collective we, seem to think that the policies are prime, right? Or the laws are prime, <laughs> yeah. even though they don't respect or necessarily uphold the best idea of what life is and should be. And so we've got this, we, you know, we literally got the cart before the horse and we got, we have to figure out a way to change it. And I think it all goes back to the respect of human life, how, you know, uh, whether you, again, you come from a, again, a moral or ethical standard or not, it's just inbred in us mm -hmm. that, that, uh, human life is sacred. And again, I, I wish that in, including people who are, uh, they say that they're pro-life, I wish that they would encompass that too, that all, again, that life is sacred and that we need to be using that as a tool to ban certain guns. We need to be using that as a tool of teaching our children that Taking a gun to school, even though that uh, you have a mm -hmm. delinquent parent uh, allowing that to happen, that taking a gun to school is not an option. I got a pretty good feeling that that kid knew it, actually. Anyway, I'm going to change the subject because we're about running out of time. And I just, Spirit just threw a story into my head that I saw this week that I think is a great way to uplift this show before we're done and we run okay. out of time. Otherwise, we're going to be shooting at each other before we're done here, and I don't want that <laughs> to happen. So uh, are you guys familiar with the comic strip Mutz? Mutz is a comic strip. It's written by a guy out of New Jersey, and it ha and in these interviews he uh, that I've seen this week, he actually was very influenced by Charles Schultz and Peanuts. And he has a strip called Mutts, mm. and they're all dogs. And over the years, 30 years now, there's been one specific dog who is the guard dog who is always pictured as being chained. Now, it chained to a a stake outside chained, as chained up chained up right and this dog has been chained up for 30 years now and along the way the dog has had dreams of running free so the the, the artist has drawn the dog running free but 
technically in the storyline for over 30 years, the dog has never been unchained until this past week. And he finally unchained the dog. And wow. it's part and it's part of a long, long running story. And and some manable rights advocates are not happy about this because they say that, well, it points out that you shouldn't do that. And it's not a real dog. So it's a safe way to remind people not to do that and to be an advocate. And this guy's a real big dog advocate. He's an he's an advocate. So across the storyline spoiler alert if anybody's going to go check this out across the storyline this dog is abandoned by its owners they move and leave him chained in the backyard he's been chained mm -hmm. for 30 years now along the way and over time the uh, the artist has written in a little girl that comes by and and sees this dog and has heart and compassion and love for the dog and the neighbor adopts the dog and gives it to the little girl Aww. and the guard dog is unchained Aww. and what i keep hearing every time i see that story this week is that's what we talk about when we talk about a world that works for all life mm -hmm. for all life mm -hmm. creepy crawly creatures the furry creatures and so um so i haven't had a chance yet to go read the whole to go look at the whole thing i'm sure you could probably find it online folks or on some newspapers website uh but go look up mutts and uh join the celebration the guard dog has been unchained after 30 years how wonderful i thought it was a fabulous that was story. great yes it 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 uh it 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 speaks to the holiday season. We'll start. We'll end where we started. Of compassion and love for the place we live on, live in, however you want to term it, the inhabitants of it, and the primacy of life. And and we don't need, need to talk any shit about that. We just need to, <laughs> to make it happen. Oh, I like what you did there. <laughs> you should do that more often. <laughs> Reverend Michael, any th final thought before we wrap up here this morning? No, I, I, um, join us tonight on the Fireside Chat. Uh, we'll be having a uh, uh, guest commentator, uh, Reverend Jeff Radcliffe, will be with us this evening. And we have all kinds of wonderful stories, including allowing... Um, chaplains into Texas schools. That should be an interesting story. That's tonight on the mm. uh, Friday's Fireside Chat here on your, and I mean your, New Thought Media Network. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And I'll be back at 5 o'clock with the good news throughout our day. Watch for the Joy Show at 1 o'clock, practicing infinite possibilities at 11, and all of our morning regulars starting in just a few moments. On behalf of everyone here on New Thought Media Network, Thanks for being with us. We'll be back again next week with more Ministers Talking Shit. Until then, we wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking We'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings.